Sort of rap in order. I am Robbie Digital. They have me at the helm. I am the jury, the bailiff, the judge. It's lit. I'm accompanied by some fine gentlemen. Let's start to my right. I have my man Reg. What's going on? Yo, this is first class Reg. Uh, if you're listening, you're you're used to me kicking this shit off, right? And you're used to my beautiful voice. But today. We have Robbie Digital kicking it off because, you know, I don't think this album is near and dear to his heart, but, you know, we're just trying something different. We're going to see how it goes. We're also accompanied by the the man, the myth, the legend, Torian B. Torian. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Torian B. Um, I was pretty apprehensive about doing this, but here I am. (laughs) (laughs) That's, That's the spirit. Um, our local ringer, the good brother LA. LA, how's it going? I feel like I'm only on this episode because people think I look like the nigga. I woke up to an email alert. It said, confirm or deny. I looked at the album of choice. I said, oh, this is real, some real fuck shit. But, but, but okay. I'm oh, definitely I'm definitely down to represent the client, the artist. Um onto why this is a classic project for my catalog, my career. Without, <laughs> this, without this project, I wouldn't be where I am now. So yeah, I'm 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 fully prepared. I have my briefcase here with me, even though this is an audio experience. But you know, the chases. <laughs> uh and last lastly but certainly not least, you have Eli P. Eli, what's going on? What's up, everybody? It's good to see y'all. Let's get into it. So, what we are calling into to, to, to the stand today is going to be Meek Mill's ninth studio mixtape, which is Dream Chasers 2. It's ironic that Dream Chasers 2 actually came out May 7th, 2012. This is a pretty big mixtape for him. It became the pop, most popular mixtape on Death Fifth, coming on at number six. With 1.5 million downloads within the first six hours, as well as over 2.5 million dollar uh, million downloads in the first 24 hours of this uh, mixtape releasing, um, it comes from a numerous amount of features: Travis Scott, Rick Ross, Fabulous, French Montana, Wale, Big Sean, Kendrick Lamar, Mac Miller, Two Chains, and Drake. Vocals coming from Jeremiah Trey Songs and productions by Jahel Beats, uh, Cardiac. And you have, of course, being narrated the one and only DJ Drama, the Gangster Girls. Uh, so let's get into some opening statements. Reg, how do we feel about this uh, mixing? Um, <clears throat> so obviously, going back to, and I'm sorry, what year did you say this was? This is 2012. Okay, so going back to 2012 and going back to all the releases that came out that year, 2012 obviously was a big year for me. It was a big deal. Um, he was only ascending from that point. At, by this point, we was already familiar with him. We had heard him on I'm a Boss already. Um, and he was taking off. Like, MMG was like that label that was coming up. That was like restoring the feeling. 
Um, and I was rooting for me. I think this tape at the time was huge. Like, even if you didn't want to like this tape, you heard it everywhere. I mean, it's like you said, like, this was Dat Piff's one of their biggest, and still is, I think, in the top five of biggest releases ever for mixtapes. I remember trying to download this from... I want to say Eli had the link because Eli had Eli used to run a, um, a, a blog on Tumblr, uh, a Brooklyn cab ride, where he would post up all the links for albums and shit that came out. So this was on there, and I remember trying to download it, and it was crashing. Like that's how big this shit was. It was crashing. It was no luck. Um, and then you talk about the features he had on this. It's crazy that I didn't even remember it until like a couple days ago that Kendrick was on this. I don't know why. Like it, it's just it's crazy the big moments that this tape had. Um, but when I was listening to it recently, like in preparation for this, it just wasn't moving me like it was back then. Maybe because I'm over Meek Sal now. Like maybe because I'm over it, I'm not really rooting for him like I was. But this wasn't really doing it for me. Hey, what are your thoughts? Okay, so I have a lot of thoughts, so I'm just going to get started. Um. When I when I think of 2012, right, and I think of the music that came out at that time, it's really interesting because when I think back on it, it's like Good Kid, Mad City. That's what you think about, right? And I'm like, damn, like Dream Chasers 2 is probably outside of Good Kid, Mad City. Good Kid, Mad City is like this like <clears throat> thing, right? It's like it's, the, it's yeah. like the Chronic, it's like Doggy Style, it's is Elmatic, it's Reasonable Doubt. Like it's like it, that's like a comic, right? But then you have Dream Chasers 2. And I think honestly, like what that what that mixtape did, as far as like mixtape, Dream Chasers 2 is kind of like the get rich or die trying of mixtapes. And when I say that, what I'm saying is it's like how polarizing it is. Like Rez just said, like the site crashed. In six hours, it did 1.5 million downloads. In 24 hours, it did 2.5 million downloads. Like it's one of the most downloaded mixtapes of all time. It kind of changed how it kind of actually and it, this this project and Big Sean's Detroit project that came out that same year actually made labels actually want artists to put their mixtapes out on the label. Like so, this this mixtape is even though like I, I make jokes about me and like I know a lot of people think I don't like me. This mixtape actually like put food in a lot of rappers' mouths going forward because artists that were putting out mixtapes were actually getting deals off of doing that. Yes, I know 50 Cent, Dipset, what they did with mixtapes for albums and things like that. But Dream Tasters 2 made it so that, you know, they're like, all right, try to get some original beats. Try not to, like, you know, use other people's beats and stuff like that. Use samples that can be cleared and we can actually make this something work. We can make it something that works and we just call it a project or a promo. You know what I'm saying? So I just thought that was just like a big deal. And also what I took from it, right? Is and this is going to be like where people are gonna think I'm sliding, but this 2012 week peaked. Like this is it. Like this is this is this is as good as Meek has gotten. Like this is it to me. Like this is the the best Meek Mill that like it hasn't like he hasn't pro- progressed as an artist. Like and that's what I'm saying. Like I see LA making a face, but what I'm saying like as an artist, like did like. Every song that he's put out since 2012, he could have put out in 2012. Like, he, he didn't progress. He hasn't gotten better. He hasn't changed. Like, this was it. Like, all the experiences that he has, like, it seems like his rap ended. 
2012, and he and he never tried to like go as an artist or do anything more, right? So, um, so Rob, when you get a chance, come back to me because I want to talk about the projects that came out in 2012 to just uh, talk about the relevance of why this project was more polarizing than any project that came out. I, I won't do it now. Definitely, because there's, there's there's some there's some mixtapes that we definitely can talk and about albums. there yeah. and albums. Uh, Ellen, what are your opening statements? About this, um, this mixtape. I object to everything that that man has just said about Good. what grounds. <laughs> on what grounds? Uh, on the grounds of he, uh, he peaked. He peaked at 2012. His artistry, the music that he made since 2012 could have came out in 2012. That is absolutely incorrect. Undeniable. Um, absolutely not. Positively not. That is incorrect. I remember where I was when this, uh, when I created this project in the time of my life. I was, you know, just leaving Philadelphia, entering uh, Miami, and I knew the air was different, the women was different. I, I just cut my braids, you know. I was, I was feeling it. I was feeling it. I knew where I was at. Nah, this, this to me was Meek's Mill, Meek Mill's uh, rookie of the year project, if anything. He showed, he showed that, um, he had all the intangibles of what it took to be a star in the game. Um, it's kind of like the, the rookie that actually goes to the playoffs and has a breakout season. And now you look forward to see how he progressed throughout the career. Um, the reason why I disagree with, uh, Torian's statement is because he also showed new variations of making music. so prior to, uh, if you look on this tape, there's no real records for the ladies, you know? And then a couple years later, he transitions and he makes records for the women. He gets more in-depth about, you know, uh, friends, family, and money. He went to jail a couple times after this. So he had way more experiences. So those records that came out uh, 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019, and so on and so forth, you know, um, could not have came out in 2012 because he didn't live enough yet. You know, uh, he definitely beefed with his label mates. He lost his first uh, battle ever publicly uh, to to Drake, uh, Aubrey Drake Grant, uh, better known as the Sixth God. So I, I feel like at that time I was feeling myself because I was dating uh, the woman that I thought he wanted. And I underestimated my opponent like any other Philly nigga did in rap. So, um, you know, I stand corrected. Can I, can I just, I just want to interject and just add one thing. Yes, sir. So the fact that you're saying that uh, you're basically giving life updates, you're not giving updates on how he developed as an artist. I did. I definitely said his, his music changed. Well, you know, it only changed, it only changed in the sense of, yeah, like radio hits, but that's like the unnatural development. That's like any artist can for any artist that's trying to be big. That's that's like that's basically the ascension of Fab. Like no, Fab, you not, not what he's saying, well, not well no, that is not what I'm saying. Fab started oh, out oh, oh, and oh, he went Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. And then we're gonna give right. it to Eli to close our sorry. I just wanted to just 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 say this. LA took what I said as as like slander. Like it is I slander. No, it's not. He said he peaked at 2012. He definitely did not. 
Okay. You still well, need to develop as an artist for the more. That is slim. In, in the words of Daniel Aviles, please respect me and let me keep going. Well, no, no. You said you, you're... No. In the words of Danny, uh, don't talk to me like a child. This is hearsay. Don't say what I said. Allow me. You know what I'm saying? Because that's not what I said. It's recorded. Well, I want to get to it. I swear to God, I swear to God, I'm sorry, I said that he peaked, but this album, besides Good Kid, Mad City, is the best rap album of 2012. So I'm not trying to slight him. What I'm just saying is just that if you're saying his musical growth since 2012 is that he makes songs for women, that tells me everything that I need to know about his musical growth. No, I said he elevated as an artist. He was able to make new. He elevated. elevated. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. I'm not. I will hold you. I will hold you in contempt. Eli, what are your thoughts on this mixing? Uh, I gotta disagree. I got. I have. I honestly have to say, I feel like the best version of Meek Mill that we've ever gotten was obviously most famous record, the intro. And his last album, uh, Championship. Championship was incredible. If you want Championship to was good. You're right. Well, it was amazing. And, that's, and that is his best body of work. Now, let's rewind and let's talk about this project. And, and I want to say, and, I'm, and I've been trying to figure out all day how I could say this in the most polite way, but Man, I honestly have to say this project is horrible from top to bottom. Shut up! Yeah. <laughs> Shut yeah. up! Shut up! Like Shut from up! To Shut up! Order! 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 I will hold you Shut in court. I've been in jail already. Shut up! <laughs> I got Robert Kraft on the end on speed dial. I will tell the judge to shut the fuck up. <laughs> Eli is fucking bullshit, bro. Relax. Uh, We're going to have some order and some decorum as we discuss this week. Are you crazy? I will yeah. hold you in contempt. I need you to relax, bro. Eli, can you finish your opening statement? Even the good songs are songs that I don't need, and the good songs have aged horribly. Bro. Matt hmm. Miller. On uh, on, watch uh, your mouth. Oh my God. <laughs> I love that filler, but no, watch your oh, mouth. Oh. Oh, let's, let's, let's get into this. Hey, you want to start off the album with, with face down with, with Trey songs and Wally? See, 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 he doesn't qualify. He's looking at iTunes, he does not know the mixtape. He does not know the mixtape because everybody knows it does not start with face down. He's looking at iTunes, he don't know what the fuck he's talking about. He do no research, bro. That's what I'm talking about. Y'all bring niggas on this shit to talk, and they don't know what the fuck they talking about, Terry. That is not the first record, bro. What the fuck is he talking about? LA just got to go crazy, and nobody's gonna nobody's gonna say nothing to LA. Yo, that's fucking hell, bro. You're not gonna say ready or not. No, bro. If niggas listen to this, niggas is gonna say, yo, what are these niggas talking about, bro? We have to protect the internet. We 
intellectual property of FKB. We have niggas saying dumb shit like this. And this is why niggas steal our content, bro. We have niggas saying dumb shit like this. Because nobody's gonna say LA, yo, your birthday oh. is your top shit. We all talk about you. I just need to read the group chat and just and just see out whatever we record so I can just get my shit on. That's yo, what I'm that, yo, bro, there's literally a track called the intro. How is phase down the first record, bro? <laughs> I don't even talk anymore. LA. So, yeah. LA, as LA is talking, uh, fast forward, a lot of mixtapes have made it to streaming platforms. Be that as it may, the original version of this mixtape starts with the intro <laughs> with a sample with a sample coming from Mike Tyson's famous ending. That is where this mixtape uh, starts. Yeah, yeah. It's not an interview. It's actually uh, it's not an interview. It's not an interview. Though, yeah. It's a, it's not technically an interview yet. It's, it's actually like an excerpt after after a fight, correct? If I'm not mistaken, after the fight. Yeah, it's after the fight. <laughs> uh, being that you know, Tyson is a hero of Tori and Tori. Do you want to reread the excerpt? Because I know you know a word about word for word. I'm not going to reread the excerpt, but um, he's a hero of mine and Reggie's, and I think everyone's. Um, you know, Brownsville, Brooklyn stand up. Uh, he just let Lennox. He this was uh before the Lennox Lewis fight, and he just let Lennox Lewis know that um he wanted to uh devour his children, and that uh, nobody could fuck with him. That he's the baddest man ever. You know, he's he's Jack Dempsey. You know, he's Hannibal. You know, they they're peasants. They can't fuck with him. And uh, yeah, I think that this was a great way to start the album. Is what I'm saying because he he's coming to talk. Yeah, basically, Meek was saying, "Yo, I'm coming to like take shit over, like because his intentions, Meek's intentions was to be the number one rap nigga, right? He's from yeah. the hood, he's authentic, he's from Philly, he's a part of bike life, you know what I'm saying? Like, and because compared to his counterparts, right? So compared to his counterparts, that that at, at that time, like he still like had a chance against you got Drake, you got J Cole, you got Kendrick Lamar, right? Big, I'll include Big Sean, right?" So of those four rappers, no one is going to say that Meek isn't the most authentic of the of of those of the out of that five, right? So Meek was coming in saying like, "I want this shit," and the anticipation was, and the man was so high. That's why it's obvious that on that mixtape, like it was downloaded so much by by that pit. So I can say that the proclamation to to even begin this shit is crazy. And then the other thing I'll say is. is I feel like when Meek Mill raps, it's like he's running, he's rapping while he's running from the cops. <laughs> like, like he raps like niggas is chasing him, and he and like the hot boys, like the hot boys, like just running. Yeah, but but he's actually, but he's actually rapping. Yeah, like in the hot boys video where they were running with bags of money, but like Meek is like trying to rap and like trying to speak into the mic. That's so that, how he raps. That album with Meek, uh, with Meek Mill all in all black, where he's running and turning the corner. That's how he raps. See, he had a white. Yes. Yeah, like the, 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 the,
I can't. I need you to hold your composure, Alex. Uh, Reg, what are your thoughts on the intro? <laughs> I like the intro. Um, I think uh, I think Meek did a good job. Uh, maybe this is where he built. He started built. When did his debut drop again? Literally shortly oh. right after. Um, it came out October thirtieth. Okay, twenty twelve. It came shortly after. Right. So I think this was a great way to start off the momentum to the to the um to the intro that we all know to the intro that became this classic. Um but this was like a good lead in because this was a great way to start this cave. Uh I um I don't hate it. I, I really like this uh this intro. Ella, what are your thoughts on the intro? The intro was cool. Um it like I said it sent the message, you know, picking Tyson to literally uh well a Tyson soundbite to let people know you coming for uh everybody you're gonna eat their heart out, you know. And then, you know, he paid homage to his, his Muslim brothers from Philly at the end of it. You know, uh, Tyson says, praise due to Allah. And then he gets right into it. So, you know, it had a nice dramatic effect. It had a deeper meaning to it. But the prince is impregnable. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Voshes. I think, I think he used Mike Tyson's, uh, his, uh, the soundbite to, to literally let people know his intangibles as a rapper. Like he could spit, you know. He'll go ball for ball. He'll, he'll go in the ring with anybody. Which, if you look at the track list, come to find out, a couple of these people he did go uh, toe-to-toe with. Uh, and he, uh, yeah, he went toe-to-toe with his label mate, Wale. He went toe-to-toe with uh, with uh, um, Kendrick real quick. And he went toe-to-toe with, uh, with Drake. So, you know, he proved that he was willing to do it, though. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Did you listen to the intro? Probably did it. So, because he thought was the intro. Yeah, y'all been telling me Mike Tyson was the intro, which is cool and all, but I don't really think that. I don't think that's a good way to like foreshadow his career because, you know, he lost. Well, I mean, he fell down the icy steps. Uh, At first, the Red Scully. uh, Look, look, look. We're not going to get into We're at 2012 week. We're not talking about anything after. We are in 2012 week. Um, that closes. Like horrible foreshadowing. Like you didn't live up to it. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to take the intro uh, off the stand. Shout out to, to Beat Built, to Beat Bully. We're going to put Ready or Not, produced by the All Stars, on the stand. Of course, the sample is coming from the Thomas Classic, Fuji's Ready or Not. Um, <laughs> What are we thoughts on this? I'm going to start with Torian because Torian has his hand raised uh, and see what his thoughts are. Torian, what are your thoughts? Um, number one, it's so funny now how I can't fucking stand DJ Drama or the hear DJ talk on the track. When, but back in the day when DJ Drama would talk, I would be so motivated and focused because it sounded like he just knew what he was talking about. Like when he's like, you know, when you're dreaming, this is what your brain does. And I'm just like, oh, word, he dropped it. All in, right? <laughs> this nigga about to so wait, uh, Sorry. <laughs> so bring it what he said. He said, as a young dream chaser, we consider ourselves creative upper class. So when it comes to ideas, we just did a different tax bracket. Gangster Brazil. It was a big deal. You felt very inspired when you heard that. So yeah, yeah. I can see why you put that. So I I just thought uh that that was like a big like a, a big deal uh to hear drama just open the shit up right and then it's funny because 
You wanna know what's also funny? I think this is this is funny, and maybe this is just like how my brain works, right? So Gangsta Grills peaked with Meek's project and with this with 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 with, with the, the Dream Chaser series, right? And then Drake ended the Gangsta Grills projects when he went mixed. If you're reading this is too late, and then put DJ Drama on it. So I just think it's really funny how like you know, like he peaked and like crashed and burned like so close together. But um, another thing I'll say that's like that's unfortunate is that because because labels okay mixtape so much and like the, uh, the mixtape was such a big push of Meek's career, this track if they could have polished it up and mixed it better, should have definitely been on a, a album of this. He probably couldn't get that sample cleared, bro. I mean, they yeah. could have without the sample, but the sample does. Yeah, it gives it that dramatic effect. And uh, I, I really think I really think it would have did well on the album, but that's that's all I have to say about that track. I mean, we definitely we definitely you know what we should have done. We should have did a count on how many times Meek raps about a rodeo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Reg, what are your thoughts on uh, on Ready or Not? Ready or not is okay. Um, you know, you well, are you still the guy to tell us the samples since you're hosting today? Yeah, I told us the sample at the beginning of the um of the beginning of when once you brought this track to the stand. I gave Okay, my bad. I, I missed that part. But um yeah, ready or not is cool. It's not it doesn't carry the uh the intensity of the first one, but it's cool. It's uh, not, it's LA? Not Oh wait, right, right. I'm sorry. LA. No, I was just talking. That is not done. I totally uh disagree. I feel like this was a great record. I feel like this uh as we continue to go through the track list, um, he hits his stride from from two all the way, you know. Well, when we get there, we'll get there. But I feel like he hit his stride and it was a, it was a real good first round. I think um if this record, if this record somehow could have got cleared, if it got, if it could have got mixed or well engineered, obviously I don't think Cruz was around at this time. Um, but you know, it did what it needed to do. It gave what it was, what it was supposed to be given. Yeah, for, for yeah. sure. Like I said, it followed up the intro. I mean, uh, you know, just with the title alone, ready or not, here, here I come. Like, you know. He he had Mike Tyson talking his shit, and now he's here. It's kind of like in reverse, like in boxing, yeah. the rapper would come out with the uh with the boxer, but in yeah. this, the boxer came out with the rapper, and now it's his first. It was his first round presentation. Eli, I'm not sure um, if Apple Music had it in this order. So I don't know if you uh, heard the song, but uh, it's ready or not. It's just how uh, everyone's giving like. About a song that's really not that good. It's like, oh, you know, it's it's like the it's like the the boxer coming out with the rapper. Like, no, bro, this shit is trash. I'm sorry. Um, uh, I would say I I, I, I agree. I do agree with what Torian said. This was mixed better. This definitely would have been a been um. Look at that. Look at God working so beautifully. 
Coward. God, God never fails, yeah, bro. Yeah. Yeah, you're over there losing. Bro, we dead right. Nothing you say. You just, you know oh, what happens. You know yeah. why? Because God is fed up with the bullshit that comes from this nigga's mouth, bro. <laughs> Damn. My favorite part of the song is Young nigga getting money, young nigga getting money, young nigga go get it. Yeah, I like that. Um, I think <laughs> for me, that, for me, that, wait, I'm so sorry. I gotta cut you off. That is what, like, really, he was like, oh, like you heard this and said this. You said that. Well, and here's the thing. I think, I, I think for for me, Meek has always been a living embodiment of the underdog. So. Coming off of Dream Chasers at the top of the year and getting this, it only played on to the story of you rooting for me. There's this undeniable feeling of wanting to see Meek Mill succeed. I don't know what it is, but everyone kind of wraps their arms around me. Yeah, to fact. See Niggas was rooting for him in 2012. Oh, dear. Yeah. yeah. So, so I think that's what it is for me. Like, this brings me right back to. Dream Chasers and how I felt about the Dream Chasers. Dream Chasers 1 is my favorite, personally. I know this one is the most critically acclaimed one, but I hold Dream Chasers 1 a little bit closer. Um, You may know this next one, Eli. This one was pretty popular. Uh, Oh, I got a funny... I got a a funny... I'm sorry. Oh, man. I I really got to stop doing this, right? I'm so sorry. But I have a funny-ass Eli story leading into the next one. It's so funny. Uh, I do have a question for this for this song too. So taking taking Ready or Not off the stand and calling Amen to the stand um, with this song features uh, the living <laughs> Jeremiah because Jeremiah is alive. I just want to shout an Amen for Jeremiah because we almost lost him. <laughs> and very, good one, good one, good one. And a very young, precocious, uh, Aubrey Graham and Drake. Ooh, that boom. And the question I wanted to start out with at this time with Drake's flow and Drake's cadence, do you think at the time Drake was the bigger artist? Yes, he was. Do you think oh, Drake was this as well as is this the start of the Drake stimulus package? Yes, probably, but this record was ass. You didn't like so, Amen? No, that shit was horrible. So, he was so good on this. Nah, that so, shit was let me, annoying as Let me fuck. tell the story real quick. So go ahead. Leave us into the team. All right. So 2012, I am working. I'm out of, yeah, um, so 2012, I'm working. Uh, I'm no longer working at Club Monica. Okay. So at this time, me and Eli both leave our job. We, me and Eli, me, by this time, me, Eli, James, and Reg are all no longer working at Levi's. Felix as well. So. Um, one day Eli happens to be riding around with me and I play Amen. And like I'm listening to it and I'm enjoying myself and Eli looks at me like, yo, you really like this shit? And I'm like, yeah, like why not? He's like, yo, like all he says is some kind of bad bitches in the building. Amen. The kind of real niggas in the building. Amen. And he made me laugh so hard I almost crashed the car. And like ever since then, I can never ever listen to the song and hear it and, and, and hear it the way that the song is. Because like at first I was like, nah, this is this is dope. Like I like it, I enjoy it. Because I was like, this is the dumbest shit 
something dumb but then blast Playboy Cardi and and vibe on this is only more this is only more because LA has on a black white beard so Yo. sheer anger <laughs> Yo, dang! Oh, um, I just, I just had a fucking hold The goal is, uh, nigga, bro. The goal, bro. <laughs> bro. I know Reg likes the song. Tori I, likes I, the I, I, No, I don't. I don't like it. I don't like it. Oh, okay. After, after, like after, Eli, after Eli roasted me, I said, I can't like this. My man thinks I'm a fucking simp. No. Ricky was amazing. Wait, wait. I, I just want to say. Yeah, go ahead, Reg. Drake sounds amazing on this. He's in he's in a different pocket on this. Um, he sounds great. Shout out to the producer Key Wayne, who's from Detroit. Um, he's been grinding for years. This is Key Wayne. Key Wayne. Key Wayne. Key Wayne. I, I I figured it, but I couldn't I couldn't see the whole thing off the track list. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Um, how do we feel about Drake on this song? Like Drake, like this is a very young. He doesn't even use this this flow pattern. Anymore. I think if this was, I think, I, think I, I, I genuinely think this is one of his worst features of all time. I agree. They, they don't make great records together. I bought my niggas some cane so much it came with a plane. I bought my niggas some dope so much it came with a boat. <laughs> I bought he's, he's not using that flow because he gave him a hope, bro. You know what's crazy? You know what's crazy? That flow, if you read it a little differently, it sounds like Rick Ross. I'm trying to say Rick Ross is dope. So much it came with a boat. Yeah. Crib that came with a boat. You can hear Ross. Ross is old on this, but that's a Ross one. I like uh, I like Drake on this because he he doesn't really talk like this. Bought my niggas some cane so much it came with a plane. That's what made me think of Ross because that's not really Drake's bag. He don't really rap about shit like that. But I liked it. I enjoyed it for that time frame. This is not something I go to go back to often, but I enjoyed it. Well, I know Eli hates it and L.A. Nah, I'm not, a, I'm not a fan of it, but the record did so well for him that it transitioned to his debut album. The, there's, there's maybe there's three records on here that I think made made his debut, or maybe two. Well, and taking, this was one of them. Taking um, Amen off the stand and putting Burn on the stand, produced by John O'B, featuring um, featuring Big Sean. I also this fucking quick background to this beat because if you were following the mixtape circuit at the time, this beat was actually off of Lloyd Banks's of a Jadakiss's Jadakiss's mixtape. Facts. Um. So when I first heard this, I was like, "Yo, I could have sworn we just got this beat," and mm-hmm. then 
did um did Meek and Sean make it sound different? Um, this is probably I would probably put this in top twenty best Big Sean features. Top ten. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Big Sean, Big Sean. You know how women be like, uh, they uh, what women be saying? Oh my god, something like, oh, they completed the mission or, or whatever. Oh, whatever. this get this this game what it was supposed to give. Yes, Big Sean game what he was supposed to give on this record, yeah. bro. Yeah. This, this record right here is what rappers need to do when they know they're on a feature with somebody they're competing against but still plays the sport. This is a feature like what, what Kendrick was talking about in, in, in the concept of control. Like, y'all my niggas, but I'm here to murder you. Every time Big Sean is on a track with Meek, he reminds niggas, don't compare me to this nigga ever like again. But like you, my man. Big Sean is smooth like when he does that. There's another record that happens in the future called B-Boy. He takes that record and strikes everybody on that record. Big Sean don't play when it comes to, Big Sean don't play when it comes to features, bro. But then, I'm not gonna because of how they did the back and forth, this record was essential for both of their careers because it gave them up. Like this, like it everybody thought it was gonna be Amen, but it was burned that niggas kept running back. Like Amen is the radio classic, but the street classic on this tape was burned for sure. Mm-hmm. But and and when you look at it in totality, no one thought that um <laughs> when you hear this song from the beginning. Chain all BS. I with the BS. Catch me riding through your city with the BS. Like you, you would assume that Meek has this, but then for you to come back around, <laughs> oh, we fresh like ninety PS working all like no race or the recess. Like he, I did oh, not think. I did not think. Oh, like, oh. Wow, big sure. He said, yeah, I'm not like a T-Rex, bitch. I'm 23 years old, and I ain't riding in the in the Prius. My cousin <laughs> in school, can't believe he graduated. Threw him $20,000. Told his ass, congratulations. Because me? Oh, was me? <laughs> me for that shit. We, we, we all, like, clear the consistency. Like, Sean got the best, like, verse right now. He does. Okay. Yeah, sure. Like nobody's nobody's yeah. debating that. Nobody's debating. Yeah. Every time, and, like, every time, kept, and quiet is kept. I really, um, I think, I think they only got. I'm pretty sure they have maybe about like maybe three or four songs together. But um, but Meek and Big Sean, everybody was always high- highlighting uh Meek and Drake. But Meek and Sean, they really, they really get in the studio and work. Like you're not just saying that, yo, bro. You you, you don't listen though. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I, you clearly don't oh, listen, bro. I literally yeah. just went on a yo, bro, 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 bro. bro, bro. Hey, 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 yo, bro, 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 bro. bro, bro. You, you, you don't listen to me, bro. He did. He just said that. B-boy. I, literally, I literally just gave like other records. You said that. You said that. <laughs> um, I think what's so crazy <laughs> is that the energy, the energy that that Meek gives and then Sean just comes and completely downplays it. Like, you think of verse four, 
Um, and and verse five comes in, and Sean just said, "Oh, that's your girl." Damn, you ain't learned she's naked in my studio. I'm on my Howard Stern shit. Damn, <laughs> like it. Oh man, like it's it, it was it was pretty. It was a pretty epic record. I feel like every time Meek would try to punch up, Sean would just smooth out the record so much that he couldn't compete. He just glided. He just skated. It was, it's an but, amazing but, record. But you know what I always, you know what I always appreciate in hip hop. When uh guest verse does that to the, the main feature and nothing changes. You took your L, you know what I'm saying, and you kept the way it is. I I will always respect that, bro. Because because the main artists always have the advantage of going back and doing it over or even scratching the verse, cutting it shorter. You know what I'm saying? So I always, I always appreciate people, you know what I'm saying? People keeping the verse of where they where they can have the uh the mindset of yo know, somebody probably somebody probably would think I lost on this beat. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely, yeah, 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 man. I mean, at the end of the day, it's all for the betterment of the audience, right? So you can't let that other shit get to you. You just gotta nah, bro. We talking about niggas' ego. Fuck, fuck the audience. We ain't here yet. I get that. I get that. But also, niggas just gotta you. You gotta just keep going. What you gonna do? Yeah. You gonna trip over it or it's gonna make you better? But then, better? as we take Burn off the stand and we go into A1 everything, it's like. Man, get shoot up again. Go ahead. <laughs> That's so hard to say. Produced, produced by, by uh, Slide Sense. You don't usually see rappers get eight back to back or the feature. The feature thing comes to smack the shit out of you. So, uh, A1 Everything, I mean, Kendrick Lamar comes in. This is a very young Kendrick Lamar as well. We don't ever hear Kendrick rap like this anymore. I think the closest thing we got after this is probably DNA. DNA and Humble, where he gets in this kind of like, kind of yelling, rapping, kind of double time feeling. I could be wrong on that, but um, if anybody else has a counter counter uh, argument, I would love to hear it. See what you got? Rigor Mortis. Um, well, no, Rigor Mortis came out uh, before this. 2010. Yeah, my fault. I didn't enjoy this um, Kendrick Worsing. I know I'm like a Kendrick stan. Like, um, it's crazy though because he like Kendrick does eat up meat, but it's like I just didn't. I'm not like this. This is part of the album. I'm kind of like, all right, Amen was alive, but then you know picked it up with Burn. Then I had this one, and I'm like meat. Meek's flow is a little bit too high, high pitched, and then this is when Kendrick was really going hard with the Martian flow. So, like, you know, when I, I know what he's saying, but I'm just like, oh man, dude, this is I, I don't ever go back to this. Like, this is not like, I, I didn't go back to like ever. So it's just like for me, like, uh, like, the, like both of their flows on this song, like I just wasn't here for it, but I know that Kendrick did have the better verse. Meek gets ate up a lot because he's not a superior MC, but that's not a a, a big deal. Um, meek, 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 meek lost, meek lost on every feature on this record. But that made the that made this mixtape just as good because Meek. It wasn't like Meek's verses was trash on any right. of these records. So Meek had some good moments. It just like for the artist aspect. If I'm a if I'm Atlantic at that time, is were they on Atlantic or Warner? 
They were at the time. They had Atlantic, Atlantic and War Warner were essentially in the same fucking house. Okay, bet. Yeah. So it, it don't it don't really matter. But at this time, it's like if I'm an A and R, get prepared for his debut. I'm like, okay, I know he can work with this style, this style, that style, this style. So even though to the rap critics, it's like yo, Meek probably lost, but potential wise of what I can do with this kid is very promising. Absolutely. Um, let's move right along to one of my favorite tracks on the um, album, taking A1 Everything off the set and putting Used to Be, um, yeah. produced by the D Games, the Games, I believe that's how you pronounce the names. Um, this is oh, my, one game. of my favorite stories. Day game. This is one of my favorite uh, tracks on the mixtape. Um, this is the Meek Mill that we've learned to love. This is the Meek Mill that keeps us drawn in. This is the Meek that has us champion around him constantly. Um, Reg, what are your thoughts about about used to be? Because I could be just speaking for myself. No, I, I agree with your sentiment. I think uh, this is one of Meek's better tracks. Um, this this does give you equal representation of what Meek became, but. Um, I don't really. It's just like I said at the top of this, where where I don't really this this along with this tape, man. I mean, and I and I'm gonna give it. I'm, I'll probably elaborate more in my in my verdict, in my overall verdict. But um, I'm just not in the meat pocket anymore, man. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Like that's why this was kind of a tough listen for me because I'm um. Mind you, this is 2012, and that's why, and that's why we do this show, so we can kind of uh, reassess and, and revisit how we felt about shit. And, and going back to this, it just don't hit me in the chest the way that it did back then. Well, I I, I can attest that um, by the looks of your transformation of manlyhood, your chest is a little bit stronger than it was back then. So I don't think it would hurt as much because you are now a sex symbol. Not four out of five dentists would agree. So I mean, right. Um, anybody else have thoughts on this before we move to the nah, next? Nah, this this record, this record, this record showed like um. That's what I'm saying. So so like I feel like because of. We have a full body of work of Meek's catalog. Like we, I think we could all say now, Meek's catalog is fully developed. If he quits rapping right now, we have enough bodies of work to say, "Yo, what's our favorite? What's our least favorite?" Right? But I'm talking about in 2012. In 2012, this show, this record in particular, showed that he can make a B-side record. That every, that he he had some seriousness to him. That he like, um, not everything is gonna be the glitz and glamour. This is the dark side. This is the Philly side. This is the development of a song, of a true song with true feelings and true emotion. So I like this record. I, li- I like this record. It, it gave mad hope and promise. Bro, this I, was, I, this I, I was for the streets. This is this, one of the this, this is, I this used, is, I used this to be what I used to. Come on, man. Like, that kind of emotion, I used to cry in the dirt. Yeah, come on, bro. <laughs> what what is I, I wanna get that? 
I want to uh, give uh, uh, Jordan. I think that's his name, right? Yeah, Jordan. He yeah. he. I was. I thought. I thought. Um, <laughs> Meek did a lot of records with like um, aspiring R and B singers that never really took off. Like no no disrespect, but like Jordan was like uh, what Joe Budden uh, Imani is to Joe Budden for a while. Like yes. we all knew Imani had like real like R&B potential talent, but he never took off in a sense. Jordan was the same way. They yeah. have a lot of records together that it was like, damn, son, it's only a matter of time. Jory almost reminded me of a bootleg version of Trace Holmes. Jesus Christ. But, well, you are such a harsh critic. You can't tell me that he's never giving you that impression. A little bit. Um, I want to move into the next song because this is a complete 180 from you, sir. That's what I like. like. This Flexing is what I like. This, this, is, this, is, this is South South Philly meat right here. Yes. I want to just go just this me. Is one of the few records I fuck This was a different bag, bro. This made me want a Lamborghini just to drive it down Brooklyn with the doors on. Hold on, LaShawn. You got to let Rob introduce the, the next track. Oh, my fault. I thought he did already. My bad. I'm you sorry. Know, I, you know, I, 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 I would never want to disrespect you on your platform. I'm sorry, brother. The name of the song is Flexing on him. Produced by Jahil Beats. Um, incredible song. I think this is probably one of the most up one of my favorite up up tempo beats. I don't know if I'm in the same if everybody this stuck out to to them, but she said I'm cocky. I said that's not me. She called she me called cocky. Me I said that cocky. That was the bar for me. Is that the bar for yes, everybody? Yes, it was. Yes, it was. <laughs> that was the bar for me. That was the one. Like I, I think this is a very great great song. This um this, this, this is classic beat. See what you got for me. Yeah, yeah, see what you got for me. It's on you. You're so basically, so so basically, to me, this song was the funk boy bike life anthem. <laughs> yeah, all of that one anthem. In one anthem, like that, like that's okay. that's all I have to say, and I can I can check like this. Literally, was like that anthem. Like you got to think, while well, I live that on first Ave. Like bike life is like a big deal on the east side of Harlem, and those kids be out all the time just riding their bikes like crazy. And like they live by this shit right here. This shit is hard. OD. This is maybe what? that's why. I mean, because like it's not that I don't like the introspective meat. I, I give it a listen because I, I fuck with Tony's story. Like I like I like that. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Yeah, but when I when I listen to something like used to that that used to joint, it's just like I feel like you're trying to give me some different shit instead of it just rolling off, you know. I agree. I agree. Taking taking uh, flexing off the stand and bringing I get it produced by Corporate and Reggie Smith and featuring a very young precocious Travis Scott. Uh, what are your thoughts on this, Reg? What you got for me? Um, I get it was a very was very interesting because, like, I think at the top of this we mentioned. How all these features were in very interesting times at that at that time frame, like 2012 Travis Scott. What was that? What 
Um, he was young. He was rocking. Yeah, his debut wasn't even out yet. His debut didn't come out until 2015. Yep. Rodeo Days before had, Rodeo. You had... Um, Days before Rodeo was out. Yeah. No, no, no. I don't, did, uh, didn't we... Wasn't it uh, Al Sparrow? It was Al Sparrow. Days before Rodeo was out. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, look at that. Like that's crazy. Like he had he had some some features on here. A Meek and Travis track today. Nobody wants that. Nobody. You didn't get you didn't get Days Before Rodeo until two years later in twenty fourteen. Yeah. Well, this is around the time. I'm sorry. Mm, go ahead, sorry. Back at was, this time, this was a huge look for Travis Scott versus yeah. being a huge look for Meek. Yeah, I, and let me let me tell you a quick story. I always got, you know what? Everybody say I'm all on Eli, but I give Eli mad props. So Eli back at this time was like my music guru, and he would be like, "Yo, this person's next." So he told me that Travis Scott was next. I didn't get it though. I didn't I didn't get on the bandwagon until Days of Rodeo. Like the album, the album I, I didn't understand that. Shit. And the cover was weird. <laughs> hey, how's it going? It's but, still um, a weird cover. Yeah, still a weird cover, right? But um, no, I I enjoy having it. Um, it was good, and I like I really uh, you know enjoyed it from that standpoint, and like I was just like trying to like get into it. But on this track, it's such a forgettable track. Like obviously the look, it, it was probably a good look, and so many people listen to it and put people on the Travis track. But I don't feel like nobody ever talks about this track. Yeah, this is one thousand percent forgettable. Like, let's also keep in mind that this is um, twenty twelve is also the year of Cool Summer. So this is where we're kind of most people are actually getting introduced to Travis Scott because Travis Scott is heavily produced on Cruel Summer that comes out literally uh, four to five months later in September. So yeah, I think it's a pretty good entry for him. But that's the thing uh, with Travis Scott. I don't know if you know this, um, but uh, but Travis Scott, he's with good music as a producer. Okay. He's not, he's not, all the way, not. all the way up to, and all the way up to the days before rodeo. Yeah, I mean that's always he's been his, that's yeah, always that's been his contract. He's on there to, as a producer. He's not on there as a rapper. That's interesting. So even when Sycamore, when, Sy- when Sycamore brought him to the label, was he an artist or was he a producer? Uh, well, uh, I, that wasn't um, put out under good music. No, it was under Atlantic with Grant Hustle. Yeah. See, now, so with, Grand Hustle, with Grand Hustle, he's the all-around artist. But for good music, he's he's just a producer. Good, good music has like he worked. He basically did what uh what what um what hip hop did um with um hip hop since nineteen seventy seventy eight. Like yeah. he has like a like a house of producers like Hustle Mohawk and and um, um a few other producers um. Forgot the dude's name, but long story short, yeah, like he, like Hip Boy was was on that on the Good Music label as well as a producer, like so Kanye just like signed them to get them production deals and things like that. But I, I I think that I don't think that Travis is any longer like connected with Good Music as far as that. Besides just being an end of Kanye's, yeah, he's just an affiliate now. Yeah, it's it's kind of like he's like two chains now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, Travis Scott is like, you know, at this point, he's he's. If anything, if good music is still around, he's bigger than good music at this point. Well, taking 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 out here off the chin and putting Eric Day featuring Rick Ross to uh, produce by Cardiac. This is where the, the tape actually loses me. This is where I get really bored. What, the Eric Day joint? Eric Day is kind of... 
kind of fire to me. I definitely it has, don't know. It has this momentum in it that I like. And that's when that's when Ross started the whole I ain't even talking about the war. If it ain't right, it ain't right. Put it in the money in the bag. Started, started doing that, which I really fucked with, because that's obscene levels of of wealthy. Like, <laughs> that's so passively wealthy, it's crazy. I mean, Rob, is that word for word right now, Rob? Read it, read it, and say it from word for word right now. Meek, it, Meek ain't count the money no more. If it ain't right, it ain't right. Zip the bag up, drop it right there. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Taking every day off the stand and the song that I hate the most on the stage is Racked Up Shorty featuring Fabulous. Racked Um, Up Howdy. I hate this song. I can't see what it is. I'm trying to get the production right now, but my computer is like running really slow. Uh, Reg, if you have the production, you can give it. Southside on the track, yeah. <laughs> I I had it. I just wanted you to do that. Um, so I hate this song. I hate this song. I hate the feature from Fab. I hate the feature from from French Montana. Uh, and I mean, this is Pinnacle pre. I mean, prime uh, Twitter bombs from uh, from. Uh, Bad. and I hated every one of them. These so, stars and that age well as well. Okay. I, I have been I, I I'm here for it. Are you ready? I'm ready. Are you ready? I'm ready. My president to the I call that thing Barack. Shit, I mean Barack. Too much of rock. Too much of rock. <laughs> My God. Won't catch me in the passenger, and that's word to pop, and that's word to big. All right, pizza the legends. What the fuck was that? Yeah. Yo, yo LA, that's your king. Explain it. Nah, nah you don't know exactly like that. Like that. You don't do that. But he's yeah, wrong. He so he has to he has to represent that man. He don't have to represent that. OP. I, I have to take I take I, I take shots for, for, for Fat Joe all the time. <laughs> Eli, what is your what are your thoughts? Yeah, this is uh at the time, at the time, I understood. I could, I could understand why people like this song. But even back when it was hot, I didn't fuck with it. And going back to it now, it was just as terrible as the first time I heard it. So just as terrible. Huh? Just as terrible. Just as terrible. Yeah, I agree. This is I just, really this didn't need to tell. Yeah. But people, you know, back then it was a big deal to get legends on mixtapes and Fab was considered a legend. So that was a big deal for him. Yeah, we gotta have to talk Fab I would love to have a conversation about Fab and how we need to get rid of him and how he just wow. needs to raise his All right, Rob, go to the go to the next go to the next track. I don't even I don't, you no. Go to the next track. <laughs> uh this is also a track that I can't stand on this tape. Uh lean with it. Uh Produced by Cardia. I hate this song too. I like the, I like the production on this though. Go ahead, Reg. What do you like about this song? I like the production on this. Okay. Yeah, the production on this fits the it fits the tape, it fits Meek. It's this is regular 
dial it in meek. Like, this ain't, like, terrible, but I, also it's something about meek that I don't like that he does. Like, it, it's it's not... If you're a meek fan, you like this shit. <laughs> so it's like, if you like junk food, just say that. <laughs> no, so, but junk food, you, you say it have to be funny, but junk food is actually a good analogy. So, like, most artists, a lot of artists that, especially popular artists, have music that they can categorize as junk food. Like Drake, Drake knows his his brand of junk food. Like he knows he's so popular and he knows his he knows a formula that works so well. They could just put it out and he knows niggas that eat it up because it's the formula that people like. Like this is part of Meek's junk food that he knows niggas that just eat up. That's for his base. Yeah. What record we talking about? Sorry about that. Huh? Lean with it. Lean with it. Damn. Damn. So we so I missed up shorty. Yeah, you did. But Sean, before you before you go, please hold on. Let me I just want to get this out. Meek Mill is so terrible at picking hooks. The thing that saved him is that he always like has really good beat selection. Like, and that that's what makes a difference and makes him tolerable. But I really, really hate his hooks. Like they're annoying and they're obnoxious and they're fucking childlike. I hate them. Like, thoroughly hate Alright, so I had to step out real quick. But so I missed Rack Up Shorty. You was on camera, you was on camera the whole time. Oh my fault. Well, no, I, I, I you saw me on the phone though, right? See yeah. yo, stop talking to me like a child, my nigga. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I was just correcting you. <laughs> when I said step out, I mean I had to mute myself and remove myself from the courtroom to answer a phone call, a very important phone call. That you, at the end of this show, you are going to be very proud to hear about. So, all right, watch yeah. your mouth, watch your tone. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I feel like you were wrong in what you said, but you know what? Uh, Stop that. But yes, as a Brooklyn native, right? <laughs> I just want to say Fab's Acuron on that record was stupendous. Fab served, Fab did Brooklyn well on Racked Up Shorty. Lean with it was, I like that record. <laughs> Racked Up Shorty was fire, bro. So that Barack, so that Barack, Barack uh, analogy was fire to you? Was fire, my nigga. Was fire. You know, this ain't nobody from Harlem on this tape. Fuck out of here. No, he don't. He wanna be a Queens nigga so bad. No, he wanna be an uptown. He that's a fact. He wanna be an uptown head so bad. No, Meek wants to be a Queens nigga so bad. He He wanna be a fly home nigga so bad. He wishes. Who wasn't bad? Fab is from Brooklyn. He was always in Dykeman. Well, what does Dykeman have to do with anything? Hey, I think that's... Trying to be... Yeah. And who was on there? Fab. I fucking hate that song. Hey, you said something. Yo, Eli, that song is up there with I Like It Like That. I, I, I agree. It is. That fucking trash. <laughs> You know, you know that you know that's that Atlantic stimulus uh, of records, though, right? You know that all comes out of Atlantic. Of course it does. Some crazy ass, cringy ass records. Some dumbass beats, man. Get out of here with that. All right, let's move it along. Yeah, we still got a lot more to go. Rob, you're muted, bro. 
my fault. Big Dreams, produced by All Star. I hate this one too. <laughs> so, anybody want to start it off? I'll give it to LA. LA, what were your thoughts when you were making this terrible song? Um, I was thinking about your fashion, so you know, it just it just went hand in hand. You know, I was like, damn. Uh, let me let me let me make a record about you know having big dreams, thinking I could dress. You know, um, being the best big fresh nigga in the game, only some whole day to come later. You know what I'm saying? You said a whole day to come later. Wow. Wow. So yeah, so when I think about big dreams, I think about all the dreams and aspirations that Robbie Digital once had to be the best at what he does and all the big dreams that he passed up on. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you came for me, bro. So <laughs> it's only right, bro. Right. Fine. You know what? I'll make sure I put a good stand on for you at your parole hearing with that white I'm not on probation um, anymore. Shout out to Rock Nation. Shout out to, uh, you know, the Patriots. <laughs> Even though I'm, I'm from Philly, you know, shout out to the, uh, the Patriots, Robert Kraft, and who's the other white guy that I uh, did the bunny hop in front of? At the owner of the golf course? for the 76 Yes. Let's get to another track that I also hate. Taking taking uh, that off the stand. Uh-huh. Uh, Take You Home, featuring Wale and Big Sean, for, produced by Beat Billionaire. I hate this song, too. Nah, Wale did this happen. Sorry, it's on you. It's on you, T. What, what you got for me? I, I didn't want LA to yell at me. All right, so <laughs> this Lisa Lisa sample is hilarious. It yeah. is, but I hate this song. It's no, no, song. that's what I know. This is this is hilarious, right? And the, the, for me, the reason why I think it's hilarious is because, like, you can tell, like, because it's a mixtape, you have more freedom. But it's like they just throwing shit at the wall. And I'm like, for all the, like, I'm like, yo, this song right here. I wonder why the label didn't try to like sell it, and give this to the radio. It would have got spun. You think this was the one? Been the one? Not the one, but it, it could have been one of his radio records that could have got played up along the East Coast, especially in the Tri-State area. Nah. I got so I say area California, Florida, it gets played. Lisa Lisa oh, Banks so. everywhere. Lisa, I wonder if hit. I take you home. I don't think they do justice to the to to the sample, man. Like this is this is no, a that not you voguing. Not you voguing, LA. <laughs> not you voguing. Not too voguing. <laughs> not gonna let that go. It was very sloppy. This was sloppy. Super sloppy. I, I feel like I feel like this was a Wale record that he gave to uh that he gave to me. Yeah. Wale, Wale flowed all over this record. This was a Wale. This was if I was a betting man, I would bet that Wale gave him this record. Wale and Jeremiah are like a, a, a tandem that, that just goes hand in hand. This probably was recorded the same day Big Sean did uh Burn, and he probably said, yo, let me go back and give uh do another one. Let me let me get on that one too. I'm telling you. The funny thing is, when you listen to the intro of this track, you know, sometimes I gotta keep it real smooth for the ladies. And I was just like, I know this is about to be bad. Anytime the rapper says, let me do it one time for the ladies, you're like, uh oh, don't do it for the ladies. The ladies did not ask you for you to do it. <laughs> <laughs> this is not giving what it needs to be. 
be given. Nah, no, this wasn't serving, bro. <laughs> nah, but this was definitely, uh, uh, like I said earlier, um, every feature that was on this day, there was a standout uh, verse or a guest, and Wale was definitely the standout on this one. Yeah, we were, I, I wish he would have got more of a rapping Wale, though. Like, not like in your bag R&B kind of vibe. But that, this is Wale's pocket. It is. It is. Um, speaking of that, we'll, we'll, we'll have a discussion about Wale one day. Taking, taking this, yeah, ass, yeah. We'll, we'll have a conversation about Wale and how Big Sean murdered him on his own show too. Look at that. Oh yeah, on, got, on, 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 on that Diplo beat, right? Um, your man oh, just got eight on Protect Your Heart. Your man just got eight on Protect Your Heart. So I think you need to relax. Protect Your Heart? That's off of Sean's last project that had Wale on. Oh, with Anderson Pack? Yes. Oh, I got that one. I'll relax. All right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, good question, y'all. What's up? Quick, how y'all feel about uh, Meek Mill denying Rick Ross uh, entry into his section at Club Live on his birthday? That's fucked up. That's recent. Yeah, yeah. Was- Meek Mill's birthday. It was. It was. It was. It was Meek Day weekend. And, and guess what city it was in? In Miami. Yeah, Come on. It was in, in, in Miami. Eli, did he just say in LA? No, he said Philly. Philly don't got no nice clubs. What's that? Niggas yeah, just I, 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 I think I think I think that was fucked up, bro. Like, no matter no matter whatever contracts, litigations you under, man, you wouldn't be here for that without that nigga, bro. Yo, yeah. my thing is like, uh, and and like, Mickey wants out the contract, and apparently, what I've heard is that we like that Ross said he, uh, as long as we like finishes out the contract, he can have out of it. But Ross is like, he, he bonded to this contract, so we gotta finish it out. But like, apparently, like Meek wants off, so. What I'm that, that might be a sticky situation for Holes, no? I really wish you would just let me finish saying what I was saying because I was about to get to that. You don't was... say. Yeah, I'm about to. <laughs> I'm about to leave the studio. You, you guys have an awesome night. I, I refuse to take any. <laughs> you know what? I don't even. I don't, I don't even. I don't even. I don't. I don't even have a girlfriend, and I'm gonna find somebody to have dinner with tonight. So <laughs> fuck you, Tori. <laughs> fuck you. Oh my god. So listen, I think me personally, in my theory, um, me and LA joke about this all the time. All the stories that we hear about Jay Z, I guarantee you that Jay Z is the reason why Big wants to leave leave that music group, and he probably just wants to sign directly with Rock Nation. Yo, I was, I was looking at, way. I was looking at your contract. I like your music, Meek, but it's crazy. It's just contract. Diary look right. Like, nah, me, me, Tata, nah, me, Emery. He was looking at it. Marie. I just think, nah, me, we could do something better for you. Somewhere else, you know. So, so, yo, 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 y
Yo, that came the hell out of that man. Yo, that was awesome. Yo, that was Rob, awesome, you that nigga, bro. That was round of applause for Robbie Bridge. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nah, but that's what I was about to say. Like, wait, hold up, we got somebody else pulling in. <laughs> the the reason why the reason why I say it's gonna be a sticky situation for me personally is because Ross is just as right. Uh, Close to home, if not, if not closer, in my opinion, to to me, in a sense. Like you got to remember, uh, the Maybach music tag Jay gave him that. You know, um, Ross just gave me his biggest single off of the last record uh, was free. That was a Ross song. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. kind of like I, I don't see, I, I don't see how Holmes does the whole. Contract thing, I think he sits this one out because it's literally too close to home. You know what I'm saying? When 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 Jay really re, really needed to redefine his stamp, he signed Ross, Jeezy, and I think Neo. Am I not? Neo, Rihanna, Rihanna, yeah. Yeah, so he was part of that. He 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 helped Ross with that Maybach situation. I don't think he would want. I, I just I just think me personally. Jake, yo, keep me out of this one. Y'all, y'all got y'all lawyers. Y'all do what y'all do. Y'all figure that out. I don't want nothing. Maybe it's somebody. Maybe it's somebody else that run this. It could be. No, I just, I just feel like you because know, Meek, Meek doesn't. I mean, Meek, Hope doesn't handle the day to day operations and shit like that, right? So it, it could be somebody else that run this and being like, yo, if you was over here, you could do it. I just think that Meek doesn't like what's going on, and I'm pretty sure he probably blames Ross for certain shit. Nah, it, it, I, I, I just I feel like I feel like. Meek runs into the office to tell to complain to Hove, and Hove looks back with the cigar in his hand, like in the "Sorry Not Sorry" video, and says, "Yo, you got to figure that out, Rio." <laughs> Yo, uh, I don't even. I was gonna say that's such a terrible video. I was just watching it again the other day. Such a uh, it was very well shot, though. I don't want to. I don't want to deter from why we're here and Thank what you. this is about. Um, again. I don't know how you get eight on the ghost of a song that, that you weren't there for. But the next the next song is The Ride, produced by Doc McKinley and The Weeknd. And I'm here to say that this is not better than The Ride by Drake. <laughs> there's, no, there's no close that Meek has ever done behind Drake, behind an original Drake song that he did better than Drake. That's a fact. He keeps doing it. He, he, he just did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody needed that shit. Why did he do that? Why did he? But I do feel like it does give it the mixtape feel. You know, you take somebody else's record, try to make it your own. Yeah, that's cool. Still, yeah, but but start, but nah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. I don't think I don't think there's ever a record where Meek and Drake has done where it's like, you know, this. I I put it to you like this. In all of Drake's albums, right? He's never featured Meek. Yeah. But Meek, but, but Drake has been featured on Meek's records. I mean and there is a there there is do you remember what uh you uh in Drake's uh Versace um freestyle he says like a uh a, a, a verse for a verse that's not a swap to me or something something in in, in that in that realm, Tori, you can go ahead. What, what was it, Noir? And this, and this is no. This is what I was about. To well, say. you wasn't gonna say Noir. 
I'm glad that Chance is about to say. Because this is what I have to say. Meek did not grow as a fucking artist. Because we just proved our case that he didn't grow as an artist because Drake will never invite him to be on his album. You want to know why? Because he's the same fucking artist he was in 2012 that he is now. And Drake that's don't need that shit on his album. That, that's, that's just not true. Why, so, why, why, your man, why your man won't put him on the album? Because Drake has trust issues. Do don't, don't do that like that. Mm. Tori said that Meek Mill is Will Smith and Uncle Phil is Rick Rose. Why he don't got Meek Mill for? Why he don't want me on his own? All right, bro. See, Rob, you fucked it up, bro. You can't lie to us. too hard. He try to give it to you. Then he start reaching in the books. Yeah. <laughs> but I get it, though. Yeah. Fresh but I will say. Yeah. Born and nah, nah. Eli, you give it too much credit. For the scouts. For the I scouts. See it. I see it. <laughs> you give him too much credit, bro. <laughs> I will say this. I do like the fact that um the most important thing about this song, although he didn't out-rap Drake, is his relationship. With the DA. Um, and how long, attorney? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what this song was about. And oh, how bro. how long he's been um, battling that. Like, you think this, how, record, this record got him in trouble, too? <laughs> it definitely She brought it up in court. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she, 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 brought, she brought this song up, Boss of Ball, Lots of Lot, or some Soldier Boy shit. Like, she... she Hated this song. She hated this record, bro. She was like, "I ain't talking shit about me." Yup, yup, yup. I think this was good. This was good, though. Can you imagine? Yeah, facts, Rob. Her son just in the house. What you listening to? Oh, it's me. He hates you, by the way. I'm sorry. She likes you again. See, you gotta you gotta know when to pull out, bro. I'm surprised you ain't got no kids. Like you have great momentum, but just don't know when to stop. Yo, didn't I just tell you that, Rob? I, I told him that. Like, I don't know. I don't know when. I don't know when it was. I think he asked us what's his uh my duty for us before. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And I told him that exactly that exact thing. Uh um, so we we go, we take, we take the ride off the thing, and we put face down <sighs> the first record of the hell her fucking tape. Yeah. yeah. You know what? Uh, featuring, featuring Sam Sneak, Wale, uh, produced by Sam Sneak. Hey, uh, Eli, I know this is where you first started listening to the album. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the mixtape. What are your thoughts? We'll, we'll lead off with you. This was fucking horrendous, bro. This, this song was fucking ass. This nah, Trey Songz did his thing, boy. Yeah, this he did. He did his thing so much that now he's in the thing. Oh, so, yeah. brother, this guy stinks. So, yo, I'm talking to Even though this song sucks, right? This song is like a, a like a, a classic strip club song. So for a very long time, especially like a star. Hey, hey, here comes Tori. I'm from Atlanta. Don't interrupt me. I know what Atlanta culture is like. I was born and raised in Atlanta. 
You heard me, Shawty. You know, he knows how to don't know. interrupt Tori when he's talking. So, <laughs> I, was about, I was about to talk about the strip clubs in New York City, actually, because I wasn't living in Atlanta in 2012. I was living in New York. Um, so, the strip clubs in New York, like Scarlet's, you know, Sin City, they were like, like Sue's Rendezvous. Was, I think Sue's Rendezvous was just closing around that time. Yep. But like they, they were like really, really going off, and like this one was really getting a lot of play. And I wanted to ask y'all, who do y'all think is like the strip club anthem? Like, hey, do you think it's like Uncle Luke? Like, Wale got some props, Waka got some props. Like, I think Uncle Luke got it though. Uncle Luke definitely. Uncle Luke has it. Nah, I, I'm not gonna say Uncle Luke because Uncle Luke hasn't given us anything in God knows how long. But that, but I'm just saying, like, who, who's be throwing him? Well. Honestly, I, if you, if anything, I'm, I'm probably gonna pull up from half quarters and go with Juicy J. Yeah, I was gonna say that too. Yeah. Juicy J is I'm gonna say, and this may be a, a curveball. This may be a curveball shooting from the parking lot. Please don't say Wale. No, <laughs> please don't say Wale. Ray Shuman. Ray Shuman. Ray Shuman. Oh, Ray Shuman. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Nigga said Russell's for this. <laughs> <laughs> Make it say Ray Romano. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought he said. Andre Drummond. I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that nigga making tracks. Yo, oh God. Yo, Rob, look that up. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, uh, okay, actually, uh, no. But nah, bro. I, as much as I love Ray Shrimmer, they're not even a power thing. sliding. Uh, they're not even a thing anymore, bro. Yeah, like okay. what relevancy do they have? Bro? Yeah, they're not a thing, and I love Ray Shrimmer. And they're they not, don't even come up to bat, so it's not like it's not like they trying because they will have to say you can't say Ray Shrimmer and not say the Migos. Yeah, yeah. and I would if, say, we, if we talk about if we talk about strip club records, points for me. Yeah. Bush made. I I mean I just I like Ray Sherman. I like a lot. I like those kids. Shremer. Yeah, Shremer. Shremer. All right, we, all right, Rob. Please go. Let's go on to the next one. What's the next one? Cause yes, the next one. Taking our like face. <laughs> yes, taking straight like that on the putting straight like that on the stand. Uh, produced by Louis B. Gutter. Uh, I mean, featuring Louis B. Gutter and Two Chains. Produced by E. Banger. What are your thoughts, guys? Let's start with. Uh, well, excuse me, everybody likes it, but LA, we'll start with you. That shit was hard, man. That yeah. shit was hard. Louis V gave him a great hug. Chains. That's what I'm saying. Every feature. It's like, it's like, yo, yo, no, no, no. That's, it, when you when you think of a project and you think about somebody giving you a feature, right? You want them to give you their best foot forward. And I feel like every artist knew. What this stage was. Fuck who the artist is. You know what I'm saying? They knew there was this new kid on the block who had the potential of taking over the game, and this is how I can 
somewhat have his audience be familiar with who I am. And everybody showed out. Nobody, nobody on this tape, you could have said, yo, they could have kept that. Maybe except that Amen record. And I'm a Drake head. But outside was, of that, I, I mean, the Amen record gave him the notoriety. You know what I'm saying? It was the, it was the uh, OVO <laughs> bat signal or whatever the case may be. That's cool. But feature top down, Chains and Louis, yo, they, 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 they gave that nigga one, bro. I will say this. Because I'm balling like spalling, wrist buddy New Orleans, I'm shitting on the toilet. No referee, I called it. I did like that bar from Meek Mill a lot. That was a good bar for me. So that, that was a joke. But, but then Chains came and packed, packed him up. Oh, another track. Taking, taking that off the stand and putting House Party Remix featuring Classic. Wale. Mac Miller and Fabulous. Classic. Not the reason. Not the reason. I'm going to point to Eli because Eli listened to this song because it's on the streaming version. Nah. Eli, what are your thoughts about this song? Bruh, like, this shit, like, like, it was cool. It was cool when it came out. Like, the shit was a banger, but, like, like, dumb having, like, me having the audacity of just, like, yo, let's put Let's put Mac Miller on this. Yo, watch your fucking mouth, bro. Come on, son. Come on, bro. Shut the fuck out, bro. Like, you know, First of all, God bless the dead rest in peace, Mac Miller. But Mac Miller did his shit on this. Yo, bro. I love Mac, but I don't like Mac on this. Nah, you put the fuck out, Mac, bro. Mac, did, Mac gave what needs to be given on this track. Come on, bro. He really nah. did, bro. He walked on this shit, bro. <laughs> and and that's that people, people will look at Mac as like, yo, he may not be the MC to be even on this record. Because you look at Meek Fab and Wale, you're going to think Mac is going to have the worst first. Mac was the standout. He was. His swagger, his presence. His cadence, his person, his personality reigns supreme on this record. His personality. What the fuck you be talking about, white, white boy, going <laughs> around. The record is called House Party, so he's giving you what our white boy. This was what's, what's that movie? Uh, Project X. This was a Project X Mac Miller House Party verse, bro. What the what the fuck is he talking about, bro? I will. I, I agree with you, LA. Um, this oh, Mac Miller verse was great. I found three. Cool. <laughs> I found three. This Mac Miller verse was great. I do feel like this week, this this verse was not needed, but Mac Miller definitely brought the, the Project X energy for this track. That's yeah. Right. Did, so, 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 do you want Walking Course London Bridge, Fergie, like, Fergie style? That was fire. <laughs> so, so, y'all are movie connoisseurs. We are. Does the, uh, House Party 1, House Party 2. Does the records live up to the... Which one was better? House Party 1, House Party 2? House Party 1's records are a lot better. Okay, well, was House Party Movie 1 better than House Party 2? House Party 1 is better. Then he stuck to the script, my nigga. Then he stuck to the script, bro. Then he stuck to the script. I just not only that uh, he got rid of my favorite line in the first one, my favorite line in the first one was, I tell her, meet me in a bathroom. Mm. I feel water, water running up in the 
walking out the door and she's screaming out, I'm coming. Like, that's dope. <laughs> and then, bro, this you want to go. I tell her, meet me in the bathroom. Hold up. Better yet, my bedroom. I'm like, what? Wow, he just put her in the bathroom. So it's like, yo, let me show her a different part of the house. I'm much richer now. I'm richer now. I don't got to take it to the bathroom. I, I got a nice size bag. And, and I mean, to the laundry room or something after the garage yeah. another part of the house. I'm not going to hold you. Wait, 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 Rob. I think he was better off just leaving his verse as is and had the niggas. No, 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 no. I hate niggas. I hate, that's not a remix, bro. I hate niggas that do that shit, bro. This ain't a remix either, though, bro. They don't change anything about this song except the verses. That's bro, not a remix. this is House Party 2. They didn't call it a remix. They called it a sequel. So they just continue in the story. I'm okay with that. But I don't like, I don't like remixes now. No, this now. is called remix. No, it's called House Party 2. No, it's a remix. Nice. It's not? Oh, this it's called Remix? Yeah. <laughs> well, at least he changed the back. Yeah, wait, at least he changed the back. I'm not disappointed. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. But at least he changed the verse. I don't like I don't like remixes with the original verse. I don't then what's the remix in it? If it's the same yeah. thing. Agreed. Oh, my right. I thought it was House Party 2. But listen. But, uh, Wild yeah, you wild. You Meek Mill's verse was incredible. Love Meek on this. Let's get into the. Uh, let's take a house party remix off the stand. Put real on the stand. Produced by Sap. Uh, I want to point it to Reg. Reg, what are your thoughts about this song? <coughs> uh, wait, let me get let me get myself situated. Go to somebody else. All right, Torian, what do you got for me? Eli, we can't see you, so I would have pointed to you. So, uh, uh, see what you got for me. This is. Like one of the songs where I feel like Nick made the song like a bunch of times for not kind of like start checking out on me. Um, I, like it, he, it, it just bothers me that he that he does it. Like, with, like this song is really good, but at the same time, who the fuck is that? Okay, so where he does that, and I'm like, all right, I enjoy this song, but I feel like I've heard this song at least four times from Nick already. Yeah. Right? I don't know what you, I don't know like how to take that. I'm like, all right, the production is good. I get what he's rapping about because it, 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 it's just like this. You never, you're never like, oh man, that blew me away with me. I'm never blown away by me. That's one thing that I can say. I'm never surprised. He never surprises me. I'm never like, wow. Like I know he's talented. I know he, I know he's going to have good production because like, you know, he has a good air for beats that kind of like gets you pumped up, like to go to the gym or go to a party or something like that. Or just have like kind of like aggressive content. Like he kind of brings it, like he brings a junior size energy of what DMX did when the Rough Riders did when they came out in '99 and well '98. Like he brings a junior size energy of that. Like he he embodies that. Like you can tell like he's a child of that era. So he's able to make like the anthem song, but it's just that he kind of like lazily makes the same song over and over again. Nobody tells him like Meek. I feel like he just made that song. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, if you if you if you hated that one. Let's go to the next song. <laughs> On my way, produced by All Star, doing the same thing. <laughs> yeah. So, what I was just gonna share about Real though was that uh, was that the I do like the production, yes, but also when you, when I listen to it, it just it makes me miss Seagull, man. Seagull would have sounded great on this. This sounds like some old Seagull shit. It does. Um, it did. I think. I think he did what he was supposed to do with Dream Chasers. 
by touching back and getting Seagull on a song that he did get Seagull on because it was really, really good. Um, I, I will say that I love the fact that Philly rappers pay homage to older Philly rappers a lot better than most people give them credit to. Like, somewhere, somehow, there's some kid that's listening uh, and writing his raps in Philly that's like, yo, I can't wait to get Meek Mill on a track because of what Meek Mill means to them. I don't feel like we get that enough in other other areas where hip hop and music is made. When you say shit like that, just be, uh, you know, specify what you're talking about because I feel like everywhere else probably except for New York does that. Okay. Cali, everybody wants a record with Snoop, they're going to get their record with Snoop. You know, that's a lifelong dream. Every nigga who's from Cali looks up to Snoop, they got their record with Snoop. Snoop has worked with everybody, no matter what set, what affiliation. Fuck they yeah. get that. You know what I'm saying? In the mm-hmm. South, in the South, they get it. Texas, they get it. You know what I'm saying? Um, Tory would know. Atlanta, they get it. Um, so, Florida. I, I just, Florida. Florida. Florida, they definitely get it, especially the way they feel about Kodak. So they definitely yeah. get it. They they just want to stand next to the nigga, and they get that. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Kodak is everything to them. So, uh, yeah, I, I just feel like they, what you're saying is, is a New York bias because we don't see it as much. But even then, it's like, it's coming around. Fab tries a lot. Um, Jim Jones tries a lot. You know, <laughs> they're just not relevant. In a yeah. sense. Do you feel like yeah, because, Jimmy for sure? Jimmy tries. Jimmy, Jim, no, well, let me not say Jim Jones is not relevant because Jim Jones is very relevant. He's relevant. Yeah, but, but these past couple of years he's been in a bag. Yeah, yeah. I don't mean it like that, but in the sense of like he he touches the 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 youth. You know, you'll see him with Bobby yeah. and Rowdy. You'll see him with uh with a Boogie. He'll he'll fuck with everybody. You know, Mano yeah. is trying to. The he's elder like, statesman, like the the elder statesman in New York. Yeah, the elder statesman in New York are trying, but I think musically, they're just not aligned opposing other cities and counties and regions. They're still, the music is still linear in a sense. I'm going to tell you what the difference is. I'm going to tell you what the difference is, right? So. The the elder state elder statesman or the big homies in other cities are like touching you. So in Atlanta, Big Mike, uh, Big Boy, Andre Two Thousand, not so much. Ti, uh, Chris, um, Gucci Mane, right? They're like accessible to the youth, to the younger artists. Like they kind of work with the man. They try to get them deals, try to put them on, right? Um, California, everybody pretty much goes through Dr. Dre or like. One of them, like Dr. Dre, like uh, or DJ Quick, like one of those producers, right? In New York, everybody doesn't go through Jay Z or Nas, like you know, a few are like I, I can't think of a New York artist that, that Jay Z has signed or put on in a long time, right? So like, yeah, somebody like Jim Jones is an elder statesman, but he's not Jay Z, like he's not signing somebody, making somebody like a huge star, like giving somebody like a like his co-sign isn't like making somebody a huge star, like the two. Artists that he had that probably would have like carried his legacy on and put him in that status. One is no longer with us, Stack Bundles, and him and Max D fell out. Right? So I just think that that's where the difference is, is that um New York, the 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 person who the the people who would be unifying New York, they're not they're they're not I'm not saying they're per- not purposely, I just think that they're too big to to reach down and work with newer artists. Even Puff. Like Puff, like for a minute, you know, had Red Cafe and a couple other 
New York artists or whatever like that. But it seems like he is like it is just I don't know. It just seems weird. Like it, it, it's like they're like prints to these niggas, so it, like it don't seem like it can really work. But I think that's why it comes off like New York artists aren't sticking together, and I think it's because like the elder statesmen aren't like Jay Z don't live in New York no more. He lives in L.A. I haven't seen like you see Jay Z in New York. He be out here for like a day. You go right back. Yeah, he ain't going to the Hamptons. Yeah, like, yeah, he'll come here probably go like to his favorite like pizzeria or favorite ice cream shop with Beyonce, and then he'll go to the Hamptons. So, I mean, but, like y'all, y'all get what I'm saying though. Like nah, in other cities, like like even even in Detroit, even even in Detroit, everybody like if you if you're if you're making enough noise, Royce will probably be the first person that like you like you know hear from or. What's what's the dude's name? Um, um, Eminem, like the only dude from Detroit he keep around. Who was it, Mister uh, Mister uh, Porter? Like, yeah. well, like uh, bring it, bring them to Ev's attention, and then that's like going forward, like they'll get an opportunity. But like with Jay, like Tata and Emily not saying like, "Yo, man, this young kid is doing his thing." Like, no, nah, that's not happening. But they got, they got, to, they got to like sell like a, a million records before like they even like get Jay Z to talk to the kid. And I'm not say, talking down on Jay. I'm just saying like the difference with other cities in New York. Jay Z is, 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 is the is the big, you know, he's he's the, he's the final boss in the video game, and like nobody can get in, get in touch with him. He's like the Michael Jackson, the gold Michael Jackson, ready to rumble too. Okay, good enough. <laughs> um, let's well, since we we kind of look past the real. And we go right into the outro, I guess. So, on my way, um, produced by Alston. Any thoughts on this record? Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a nice jolly record. Nice yeah. jolly record. All right, but um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna uh, keep keep you guys ever any further. Let's get into the closing arguments. What are our thoughts about this album, uh, this mixtape slash album, depending on your Eli? Or or LA. <laughs> Sorry. Let me get your first closing argument. So, all right, so my closing argument is this, right? Two things can be true. One thing that's true is um besides Good Kid Mass City, this is the best hip hop album release project to come out in twenty twelve. Besides Good Kid Mass City, in my opinion, right? But my other thing is is that I think it's more so like the anticipation and like me kind of fulfilling the prophecy. But because I don't think that this is like a classic by any means necessary. I don't think that this this is something that like is like necessary. But it's just like the moment to me speaks more to speaks more than the album. Because the album has like, you know, me has like good production on it, so you can like tolerate it. But a lot of these songs I don't ever need to hear again in my life. Mm-hmm. But I but I know that in 2012 that this was one of the most polarizing projects next to Good Kid, Mad City. Those two projects were the most anticipated projects to drop in 2012. And I say that Detroit would be the third best project for me that came out in 2012. And if you want, I have a list. And if you want, and if you want, I have a list of all the projects that came out in 2012, and I can list them if you're interested. If you're not, I will. Um, I mean. Well, let's get to the closing argument. So we'll leave. We'll we'll let the listeners decide when they comment right. about how they feel about that. Um, we want right. to go to L.A. L.A. What are your closing arguments about this mixtape? Um, this was the the springboard to that to this man's career. Uh, 
His debut album literally came maybe seven months later in October. Yes. So, mm-hmm. you know, this this was the perfect warm up. This was the perfect appetizer. This was the this was the uh the star attraction to, to if I'm gonna be truthful, this was better than his debut album, if we're being real. So if y'all feel like if you feel like this uh wasn't up to par, then I can only imagine what y'all felt about his debut album. Um <laughs> out of out of out of twenty records, you know, I'm a fan of I'm a fan Seven. of at least sixteen. 16. I'm a fan of at least 16 records, and I'm, I'm speaking from when I first heard it in Kingsborough Community College. So I can't. Hey, I, yeah. <laughs> Wait, you came all the way to Kingsborough? Nah, I, I did. I took like some summer courses. Uh, well, I, I bet. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so I remember where I was in Kingsborough Community College. It just came out of math. Me and my boy Ruben loaded this shit up, you know what I'm saying? And we, we blast that shit for the whole school. And we had like a whole like kumbaya. I think uh, the shit crashed, and I was the only one in the building to get through. And everybody was listening to it through my laptop, and it was a moment. And Meek Meek had multiple moments. Uh, this was a positive sign of what this kid's career was gonna be at the time, and it did what it was supposed to do for his career. This mixtape did not fail him. It's a classic mixtape within the Gangsta Grill series. It's a classic mixtape if for him in the Dream Chaser series. And it may not be a uh where we say greatest mixtape of all time or whatever, but it is a cult classic for him, and that's all that matters. The Chasers. Um, well, can I can I give my closing? Because I'm yes. gonna springboard right off of that. Because yes, you're absolutely right. At the end of the day, it doesn't really matter what we say. This is this did help shape Meek's career and the numbers don't lie. You look at the Dap Piff board, he has a very uh, he has very astonishing numbers behind this, this 13 uh, million 13 million plus. 13 million is insane. And that just goes to show you where we were, right? And I want you to focus on that. Where we were. Because that's important. When you think about like true lawyer. And yeah, I'm about to get my bag. So when you when 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 you look about when you look at where we were in rap, Victorian has the list of all the uh, of all the albums that came out in twenty twelve. But amongst them was Good Kid, Mad City, right? And and Meek's album because Meek was already kind of bubbling a little before Good Kid came out. Good Kid came out didn't come out till October, if I'm not mistaken, that year. Um, but. Kendrick's Kendrick's tenure was a lot different from Meek's, and they would never intersect because Meek t- took a much different route. And when you listen to this, and when you listen to Good Kid, Good Kid still holds up for a reason. When you listen, October twelfth, uh, October twenty second. Thank you, thank you. So uh, when you listen, when you listen to this though, it's a timestamp, but it's not one of those timestamps that I'm like that I like go back and I'm nostalgic over. I'm, this doesn't give me nostalgia. Like, you know how you can listen to a Drake album? Like, you listen to Take Care, and it takes you back to, like, what happened in your life. I don't... I guess this album isn't... Or this mixtape isn't that rem- reminiscent for me, and I don't hold it in such high regard because I have other albums that came out that year and other mixtapes that year that give me that feeling that this is trying to give me. This isn't... 
get I don't hold this to that regard because I uh Meek has been revert revered to me as as top tier. So it just is what it is. Like when I listen to it, it's like, all right, I'm happy for him that he was able to to get where he is now because he made it far. But when you want to say that this is the corner point of his uh of his career, that's not really saying much. This was 2012. We're in 2021. Like what like you wait, wait, I'm still cooking. You supposed to step up and be that scene, that next nigga. You supposed to step up and you never did. So it's like it's that it's that Memphis Bleak syndrome, really. Cause cause Bleak, cause it is, cause Bleak was supposed to be that next nigga. Bleak was supposed to be the one that take over for Hove. Hove was going to retire. Bleak was supposed to step up. And he just never did. He never he never he never got his feet wet the way he was supposed to. Championships is probably the closest Meek will get to reaching that status. And that's it. But summation. In summation, I will give this mixtape a two and a half. Oh right. shit, I didn't give my rating. I give this yes. mixtape a two and a half as well. Uh I'm gonna leave I'm gonna let LA be last because he has a counter argument. Eli, what is your calling statements on this mixtape? Uh I ain't like this mixtape when it came out. I ain't like this mixtape now. Uh the only song, the only song that's still involved in my life to this very day from this project is Burn. Same. And that's, and that's solely because and that's solely because of Big Sean and, and Meek. Um their chemistry on that record was fucking incredible. But anything outside of that song from this entire project was why did this even exist? I don't know why. They was just like, yo, this is a good choice to get it out the hard time. Like, this is gonna take this young man places. And now that we have a chance to reflect on this mixtape and we all kind of agree with me that that this is a horrible mixtape, it kind of sheds it, it was <laughs> being the fact that this mixtape is horrible, it foreshadowed the rest of his career. Um so, how I rate this album is mm-hmm. a one. Wow. All right. Uh, so, um, I'm, I'm going to leave my, my arguments to the very last. Um, LA, what are your closing statements about this mixtape project? Take us a test, brother. Come on my, now. Amen. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> my closing statements are Eli P. Needs to never speak on fucking <laughs> music again. Eli P is equivalent to fucking Kendrick Perkins talking, bro. Oh he, my is God. As, he is as valuable as Chris Broussard's resources in 09. What the fuck are you talking about, son? Wow. I'm not wrong, though. You are wrong, bro. Not you wrong. are wrong, bro. Uh, now, um, now, yes. in my closing statements, this project <laughs> perpetuated him into stardom. Regardless, he was a hot commodity. Atlantic was all in. Everybody was fully invested in him. Whether it aged well or not, at that moment in 2012, that's what we're talking about. We are not judging. Are we judging him based off of 2021 right now? Or are we judging him in 2012? 
But so I, I think you can, I think you can be I think you can be introspective and retrospective in the same okay. Intr- in, in the introspect, if we still add up all his projects, it's probably within the top five. That's this one? Talking. Yes. What? Okay, so I'm very curious, and I don't want to throw us off, but what? Because um, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta remember, right? Two of these records went from the mixtape to the album, so it helped. They it, it lived further on. Right? So, like I said, I'm not a fan of Meek's debut. I'm not a fan of Meek's debut at all. But if you put, if you put Burn, Burn was there, and, um, and Amen was there. You, you know that he continued, uh, Layup. Yeah, House Party, House Party was on the album too, right? I think it was, but when I checked, it wasn't there. But for some reason, I thought it was too, but you know, who knows? You know, back then they still had like Best Buy, um, Best Buy Extra Soul, so it probably, or Target Extra Soul, so it probably was one of those, because I thought so too. I thought so too. But even then, those records, it transferred on. So, so I, it, it did what it was supposed to do. It got the job done. Now, maybe going back, yo, did it age well? Are we going to go back to listen to it? Depending on your fandom of week, yes, no, that's fine. But at that time, in that moment, that shit did what it was supposed to do. And at that time, I'm a young... I'm in Kingsboro. So I think I'm 20, 19. My demographic, he sold me. I was all in. I was a Meek fan. So I do have the leverage of being younger than some of you guys. So the music gravitated to me and my core group at that time. Mm-hmm. So. He so in that time I was able to put Meek in the starting five, or or maybe even debate who's in it. You know, Wiz at that time is Cole, Wiz, Drake, Sean. You know, Kendrick is now showing up. Nipsey's starting to come through. He was in that ten. You know what I'm saying? He was definitely in that ten. He deserved that. He was a part of that. You know, and then after that, I think he goes on to do the I Am Music tour. He, he, it, it worked out, son. This thing worked out for him, bro. So, and in my conclusion, at that time, I gave it a four out of a five. I was excited about it. And yeah, that's all I got to say. The Chasers, DC, you know, how we do. So, um, I think for me, that was, thank you. Thank you, LA. I just want to say this. Oh, hold on, Rob. <laughs> So, I just wanted to say this. L.A., we all felt, felt that, like, nobody said that Meek didn't meet, wasn't meeting. In 2012, we thought he was out of here, too. We're saying that from then to now, he hasn't progressed and his peers have all passed him. That's what we're saying. We're not saying that at that moment. And, like, you got to understand, like, yeah, like, you're younger than Look at who his peers are, bro. So what? <laughs> Look at who his peers are. You can't look at who his peers are. Like, what I'm saying is, is like, think about this. Like, he came out the gate. Like, what I'm saying, he was the number one draft pick. Like, he was rookie of the year. Like, everybody was banking on him. Everybody wanted him to be the one. Like, yeah. they wanted him. So, like, y'all act like me. You're talking as if Meek is a I'm flop. Not saying that he's not a, if I'm not saying that he's a flop. If Meek finished with a 3.2 average, 
Did he fail when you expected him to be a 50 point average? Yes. No. Yes. Yes. Look at his last performance. Look at his last performance. His last project. You were only as good as your last project, right? So his last project was championship. His last project was championship. So if you look at that, that was a great performing album. That may be his best project. So his last project is his best project. How the fuck he fail? His last project is his best project because everybody in the industry put all their fucking hands together like on some Captain Planet. Of course he's going to have a good project. Might as well have fucking DJ Khaled promotion. Of course he's going to fucking go. Yeah, that's what happened. If anything, if anything, was a way they broke they, they, they him out of jail. They had a ring the liberty bell at the gate. Like, 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 like <laughs> if, if, he, if, if he didn't succeed, he was right after him. <laughs> he he bought his white group and Craft. He threw rich white billionaires that own sports franchises. <laughs> Kevin Hart showed up with him at a basketball game. Like Kevin Hart was taking him around Hollywood and shit like this. Nicki Minaj is his ex-girlfriend. Jay-Z is his mentor. That nigga better fucking succeed. God damn. Like, he had, like, all these fucking working albums that he done put out. All these so, so, so. Time out, time out, time out, time out, time out. Was dreams worth more than money trashed you? Yes. I didn't. What, bro? Rob, you yeah. got Let me, I, okay, let me I don't think this album was trash. That's my point. I don't think Let me let me give my closing argument this because I want to make sure we leave average for our, for our listeners to give their opinions as well. This is a very heated debate. I think I would love to hear what our <laughs> listeners think. Um, for me, when I listen to this mixtape, I think about uh, what hip hop DX said. Meek can has a capability flow. He's but he's not as nearly as consistent, uh, has a consistent presence on the mic as say a young Jeezy or Rick Ross. Partly because he's who wrote the article? Let me let me finish. Who wrote the article? Give context. Who is the author of the article? Hip hip hop BX. Who wrote the fucking article, not the hosting site? Okay. Who the fuck do you compare me to then? Everybody is too big for me to be compared to. Who the fuck is his pair? Who do you compare him to? Can I give my closing arguments? Yeah, but who wrote the article? Who wrote the article? Slavin Cooperstein. Slavin Cooperstein. That's a white. Bro, Slavin, come on. Good day to Elon. You know where I'm going with this, bro. Who gives a fuck what Slavin Cooperstein said, bro? Get the fuck out of here with that bullshit, bro. To switch up his <laughs> delivery. Ultimately, a fairly strong guest list and a good ear for beats is good enough to carry this project. I agree. I love me. This is a great, this is a great mixtape. Unfortunately, everyone who was featured on this mixtape, fast forward, are bigger artists than him. And at this time of this mixtape, to me, in my opinion, 
Meek was the bigger artist. I think he was a bigger artist than Kendrick. He was a bigger artist than Big Sean. He was a bigger artist than Wale. I think he was on the same level as Drake. He was a bigger artist than 2 Chain. And somehow, in the past nine years, they've all become bigger artists than him. And it is worth noting that you are only as good as your last project, but if you take out championships, this is his best project. That's that's worth saying something. That's no, nine it's years not. Ago. No, it's not. Shut the. And fuck. I I would give I would give my rating, um, just because of the songs that stick out and how well it did progress. I would give it a three. I would also say that I would say to keep in mind that at that time with a lot of the blog era rappers, unfortunately, their mixtapes were better than their albums. Absolutely, absolutely. So I, finally, I think I think that. He falls victim to that. Wale fell victim to all the second project. I can give you. I can give you the list. Fell victim to that. Um, Taylor Alternates was much better than uh, Wiz Khalifa's second album. Yeah. Cabinet Fever. Cabinet Fever was way better than Rolling Papers. Yeah. Um, Cabinet. This is better. This is better. Detroit. This was better than Hall of Fame. Detroit was better than Hall of Fame. Um, so far gone was better than uh, Ink Me Later. For, uh, eleven one eleven theory is way better than Ambition. Yeah, they all. Albert Anastasia is better than Rich Forever. It is the only person Rich who doesn't fall short. No, it's not. Rich Forever made debatably his best musical project. You can, you can say Tough that. I is his favorite. Is, to me, Tough on Daughters is best album. Um, Greg, to me, it's my Playboy. Mine, to me, I would say Mastermind, me personally. But I want to stick, I want to stick at, stick, stick on me. Um, if you enjoyed this conversation, if you liked what we said, I think, uh, Reg, you have the average for me? Nah, you ain't got an average, y'all. We all got our own personal shit, you know? So we'll just leave it at that. I want to give a a huge shout out to LA, um, Eli. Thank you for having me, guys. Uh, Torian and Reg for even allowing me to even, be the judge of this uh, this case. Hey, man, you, you held it down. You did pretty well. That Jay-Z uh, impression was gold, bro. I was Thank gold, bro. And then you went uh, plastic after that, but, you know. So so <laughs> did Meek's career. So, I mean. No, it did not. Just, yeah, I was following after him. Y'all niggas is not talking <laughs> facts, bro. Like, dreams, uh, dreams worth more than money was not horrible. That shit was That actually, was a really good album. Dreamworks. I was gonna say that, Rod. You do. You probably all got another listen. Right. Wins and losses. Wins and losses was crazy. All these albums sound like the same title. Nah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't it's called a theme, nigga. A theme. Yeah, wins and losses. I think. I think. I think his debut album. If you scratch his debut album out his catalog, right? He has three good albums on there. All right. Uh, so all that rubber. <laughs> Yo, if guys, you like, if you yeah. like this argument and you like what this conversation, and you love to chime in, we'd love to hear your feedback. Make sure you rate, comment, and subscribe. Write us on Twitter, our new Twitter. Write us on Instagram as well in the comments. We will have some questions that day about the album as well. Same old Twitter. Sorry, any online. The Twitter is fkb underscore online. And the Instagram is first class, class with a K, breakfast, 
that's it. So just do that, or you can talk to us personally, all of you know, our at names and stuff like that. But uh, Reg, you want to close it out? Oh no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, my bad. I forgot. Mr. Robbie Digital showed her there. Yes, sir. That's a, that's a fact. I am Robbie Digital, and this has been your latest episode of Rapping Order. Cool. Peace. Peace. My love. All right. Reg, thank you. Thank you. Give me your fucking money! Oh. <laughs>